When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. Objective coverage. Hey, that's new. If we get caught, we're going to jail. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. I'm going to need to see some identification. Back to Dave Hooker. All right, here we go. Welcome to this Thursday edition, depending on where, when you're watching. It might be Friday. You never know. But we've got a huge show on tap as we get off and rolling with should Florida and Alabama be circled wins this year. Florida loses about 25 players to the transfer portal, and we're still counting. But Alabama, we believe, a lot has lost 583 players to the transfer portal. We'll get you some more accurate numbers here momentarily. Carson Beck has a Lambo. Uh, things must be nice in the Beck family. Is that the smartest thing to do? Let's be honest. Not very bright, Carson. I don't care how much more money you might be making after last year. And I did hear a number of what Carson Beck is making uh, based off a meeting with a source yesterday. And I think it may stun you. I don't know if that's public record or not, if it's been out there, but I'll share that number with you. But let's just say it might make even Nico blush and might make Tennessee look a little bit smarter for having a contract in place for Nico that's going to last at least three or four years. Don't be surprised, too, if Nico Ia Maleava is around for three playing years or more. And I'm going to tell you why, because the money is about to get insane. Also, Kirk Herbstreet, do we love or do we hate Kirk Herbstreet? I've always been a fan. Some people he just drives him up the wall. And I have no idea why, but he convinced a quarterback to flip to Nebraska. Nick Saban joins college game day. And Tennessee basketball, well, they are pretty good. So Alabama has 30 players in the portal, and we're going to go ahead and get to that. First, I'm going to ask you, because we're just getting started, hit the like and subscribe button. We greatly appreciate that. Caleb, how are you, sir? I am good, and I want to send a shout-out to Travis for roasting my shirt. He says, 1971 called. They want my shirt back. Travis, I was hoping someone would notice the shirt I'm wearing today. I love this shirt. Well, I'll be honest with you. I prefer they rip the shirt than the beard. You prefer the what? The rifty shirt? 
No, they ripped the shirt than the beard. I've had to defend you on the beard a couple times. I don't know if oh, you've seen okay. that. And I've, I've I've been I've been battling for you. This is I bought this with my nil money, guys. This is what I spent it on. <laughs> yeah, Carson Beck gets a Lambo, and uh, Caleb Calhoun goes to the thrift shop. <laughs> That's a great song, by the way. That Macklemore album is one of the most underrated rap albums of all time. It was a it really is, good album. It is not a bad album. All right. Yesterday was National Signing Day. I'm going to tell you five key freshmen to watch in 2024 for the Vols. I'm talking about immediate impact guys, or at least it would be nice if they were immediate impact guys. Plus, we have our shirt. If you go to the merch store, if we can pull that up for a second, we would love for you to order that because it's not going to be around for much longer. It's a limited run. We've already had quite a few people order the shirt. And it's Tennessee versus the NCAA. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that I think it's awesome. But let's go ahead. We're going to show the shirt real quick. We can. We'll do that. And I'll put it on the message board so you can order. And I'll tell you what. We're going to get off and rolling with something that I think you'll enjoy. And that's Impact Freshman right now. And I think that they will have an impact. So uh, here we go. Uh, by the way, somebody says you should cut the sleeves off of that shirt and rock out. You got should we give a, got... Should we give a shirt? Should we give a shirt discount to the person with the best joke about my shirt today? Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know how we do that exactly, but I'll get. Uh, I'll get the lovely Mrs. Uh, Shanda to knock off five dollars for somebody that says uh, I want uh, a shirt in the description, not the Miami Vice shirt that uh, Caleb has. I, you know what's funny is about you're a little too young for this generation, but who's my age in their 40s and 50s? And they remember their parents dressing up like urban cowboy and dressing up like Miami Vice. I don't remember you're in my generation. I mean, I guess I dressed grunge. Did you dress anything? I mean, I wore plaid when I like Pearl Jam, but it. I don't know. It's just a good I mean, look. The thing about grunge that I mean, I respected it because it was a rejection of all the costumes that bands and music wore in the eighties. You know, artists like would put on an identity. You just brought up urban cowboy, funny enough, which country music has been nothing but urban cowboy since nineteen ninety. I mean, it's a bunch of people who put on a cowboy hat and makeup and say, "Hey guys, I'm a cowboy." And I mean, right. that's that's all that's it's been true. since nineteen ninety. But um, you know, I I was the thing about grunge was it it kind of became a costume on its own. You know, it started off kind of cool, and then everybody's like, I'm just a regular guy, I wear plaid. Okay, and... so people are asking for a full look of the shirt. Um, so can we get you to back away and maybe do a little 360 look? I'm oh not wow, for you guys. <laughs> wow, wow. I feel like oh, yep, they were right. That guy that sold me that acid said 30 years later I could have a flashback, and I think I just did based off that shirt. <laughs> Wow. Oh, Good for man. me for stretching my drug dollar. Wow. <laughs> 30 years later, I'm absolutely having the uh, uh, the flashback. And Sean says my parents are lame. Well, that's very debatable. Uh, the ghost of jo Johnny Major said, John Travolta. I do a great urban cowboy impression before we get into the balls that are going to have an impact right now. Uh well, the ghost of Johnny John Majors wore Johnny Majors wore some weird sport coats on the sidelines sometimes, guys. I'm just going to call him out right there. 
Yeah. And uh, Sean, you can just go away, dude, um, because you're trying to be funny and you're trying to be mean. And that's not what we're all about. So bye, you're blocked. Uh, but John Travolta, uh, the ghost of Johnny Majors, I can do a great impression of Urban Cowboy with John Travolta. You ready? Ready. Hey, sissy. That's pretty much what I do. Hey, sissy. Sissy. I mean, I'm pretty good at that. I'm not going to lie. I think I've got that down pat. All right, here we go. Let's get off and rolling. It is uh, five key freshmen to watch in 2024. We're not talking about transfers. This is on offthehooksports.com right now. We're not talking about transfers. Again, we're not talking about transfers. We're going to go ahead and jump in the hot tub, and that'll be our poll question today. So double dipping in the hot tub with uh, the one, the only Cooper Mays. So what should so dirty? It does. It sounds sounds awful. It either sounds like we're we're eating ice cream in a hot tub, or I don't know what we're doing in a hot tub. But Coop, what should people do? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. Thank you, Coop Dynasty Pools and Spas brings us four downs. Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas, the most comfortable spas made in the United States of America, right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens, Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four Downs, presented by Off the Hook Sports. I was talking with our friend Scott, and we may be able to give away a hot tub pretty soon here at uh, Dynasty Pools and Spas, but I was talking to my friend Scott, and I was talking about a hot tub that I want in my new place, and and uh, I said, I want a small one. And he said, well, we've got a small one that'll be perfect for you and your wife. I don't know, maybe top for you. And then he said, well, you definitely don't want to get in there with Coop because you're going to be a little bit tight. Let's go to first down, but he has other spas available. And the great part about those spas is they've got all kinds of discounts. Mention off the hook sports, get $500 off. And no to the message board, we are not going to talk about transfers. We're going to talk about true freshman high school guys that would be awfully nice if they made an impact so i've got five key freshmen in four downs how am i going to make this happen i think i can do it first down coop cooper lays here hit like and subscribe coop here first down all right number one on the board and i think you would agree with uh, most of these but i am interested to see which ones you agree with so in the upcoming class i have a, a gentleman called Boo Carter. I don't think that's any surprise. He's number one. I think you and I, if, I, if we had to bet, uh, we think that he will start um, quite possibly or at least play significantly in the secondary. I have very little doubt about that. So I don't think I broke any major news on that one. Your thoughts on Boo Carter and what do you expect him to do in year one? I am expecting a Eric Berry type of freshman season in the secondary. Whoa. Boo Carter, your one. Yeah, I'm seeing freshman All-American. I mean, I think we're going to see a really, really, really epic, epic player in Boo Carter in the secondary. And we're going to fall in love with him pretty quickly. And I think unlike Larry Slade, I think Tim Banks and even Willie Martinez will say, we don't care that he's a freshman. We should start this guy. Because okay. Larry Slade started Gerard Parrish over Eric Berry's first game. <laughs> uh, well, uh, and he kind of ran Dion Grant off, but that's another story. Um, so, uh, all right. Well, th- that that's that's pretty strong. If he's anything like Eric Berry, if he's 
75% of the uh, player that Eric Berry was, I think that Tennessee's in pretty good shape. What I don't expect him to have Eric Berry's like overall success. I just expect him to have a freshman year similar to Eric Berry's freshman year. Put it that way. Gotcha. By the way, hey, I was uh, looking at the Twitter here. Dalton Connect is uh, is trending. Uh, he, he must be pretty good. All right. What down, Coop? Cooper Mays here. Second down. All right. Second down, Coop. We're going to go with a running back named Peyton Lewis. I know about Cam Selton. I know that he's probably going to be the go-to back. I know about Khalifa Keith. I know he's probably going to be the power back. But Peyton Lewis, um, and you have Dylan Sampson, obviously, who I, I just forgot. Dylan Sampson would be the lead back, but maybe not because of his size. Either way you want to look at it, I think there's room for Peyton Lewis, and running backs can make the transition pretty easily. Yeah, the problem with Peyton Lewis, I agree. The problem with Peyton Lewis is that he's not going to be a spring enrollee, so he's not going to get there till the summer. So he's going to miss up. He's going to miss a lot of development. And you know, the only development that matters for running back is pass blocking. But you want to develop that. And so, but you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I think if you if you take pride in that, I don't think it's that difficult. And that that's that. And hopefully, he does. You're right. I, because as we know, Cam Seldon doesn't care to pass block. And I don't care what anybody says. It's funny you say that. I firmly believe Cam, uh, Dylan Sampson's lack of pass blocking is out of laziness, not out of development. He doesn't okay. care to pass block. He's protecting himself. Cam Seldon, I understand you guys are high on him, but it's got to be Peyton Lewis because Cam Seldon can't see holes at all. He has no vision whatsoever. Okay. So I have uh, number four on my list, and it is brought to you. Uh, by again, our friends at Dynasty Pools and Spas. And it's a couple of wide receivers. I cheated a little bit to get some more guys in there. Okay. So uh, I, I did cheat, and we've got some bonuses coming up as well. But I combined Mike Matthews and Braylon Staley. You and I, my favorite watching tape is Matthews, but I don't think it's a clear cut situation. Randy Moss, Leonard Scott. Oh, Leonard Scott, random shot. Um, I don't think it's a clear-cut situation, so I just said one of those two. I cheated a little bit as one of the uh, the players that could have a major impact. Uh, so I, I put those on the same listing on what down, Coop? Tennessee center Cooper Mays here, third down. Thank you. Matthew Staley, one, I believe, will have an impact, even though Tennessee is okay at wide receiver as long as Brew McCoy is healthy. I think they're loaded at wide receiver, and I think that's the only reason these guys won't have an impact. Um, but I would give you Matthews because Matthews has rare talent. Now, I say this as the guy who scouted Dante Thornton and thought he had rare talent last year, and I missed on that. But I'm going to try again. I'm like the Titans drafting receivers, guys. I just keep missing, So, except for A.J. Brown. They nailed that, and then they trade him. But uh, Mike Matthews has rare talent. He is one of those physical receivers like a Brew McCoy in the past, but he has he has much more speed. So, look, I'm going like I, – I see more like 2001 pre-injury Kelly Washington mismatches for Mike Matthews. Okay. Well, now, now d- d- people are poking fun at something that Derek said, but Derek said uh, hype, uh, Hypel converts a tight end to running back for pass pro this year. Just kidding. I – I don't think that's necessarily just kidding. We've seen Princeton Fant line up in the backfield before. What if they decide to do on a goal line situation, a max protect, and you have a little crossing route 
uh, in the end zone to a receiver. I don't I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. As a matter of fact, I, I don't know it, but I wouldn't have been surprised if Princeton Fant out of the running back position may have pass protected one time. I don't think he did, but I don't want to say 110%. So, Coop, what down are we at now? All SEC center Cooper Mays here. Fourth down. Man, Cooper, nobody brings it like you. It's just an absolute fact. All right, Jake Merklinger. And here's why I said Jake Merklinger. Because Gaston Moore has limitations. We would all agree with that. Jake Merklinger, you would like to see, and these are people you would like to see have an impact, not that will have an impact. But if he gets in there and he is the guy behind Nico, I think you're very, very optimistic about Tennessee's quarterback future because you might get to keep him another year. I don't think he's going to unseat Nico. Anytime, and as a matter of fact, if I had a bet, I think Merklinger ends up, um, I think he ends up transferring, and I'm going to tell you why here in a little bit, because it has to do with uh, Carson Beck. But I think you'd like to see Merklinger go out there and uh, have have some ability, have some uh, have some games in which he plays well to to show that hey, he has that that type of ability. And let's not forget. You brought up a lot, and I can provide some insight uh, for for a family close to uh, Nico, but you can provide some insight as to uh, your thoughts on Nico's size. He he needs to gain weight. Injuries can happen. We saw that this season. I mean, Merklinger might have to play, and I think Merklinger's ability and Gaston Moore's is a pretty significant drop-off. Yes, a giant drop-off. And every quarterback that's played under Heupel – at Tennessee so far, which is only two, have missed games because they got hurt. Joe Milton got hurt a couple of times, which is how Hendon Hooker became the starter. And we know that Hendon Hooker got knocked out of two games and then had a season-ending injury in 2022. So it's obviously always a threat. This is why you want to at least in in the age of NIL, you can't. You're not going to have more than two quarterbacks on the roster. You've always brought that up, but you do need to have two, right? You need two scholarship quarterbacks on the roster no matter what. Um, and so yeah, Merklinger. He needs to be ready to go if his number's called. And I feel like he probably will be, but yeah, I don't think he'll be Nico level. I think Nico's the size he needs to be now. I said this, I talked about Nico's size in September and October. I always thought by January he'd be ready to go. And he's ready to go. Nico's fully he's, ready to go. He's going to get bigger. He's going to get bigger. Um, his dad, I was told by somebody, um, solid six, seven, six, eight. I'm not saying he's going to grow anymore, but he's an extremely thick young man. So is Madden, uh, his little brother. So I don't think uh, that the weight's going to be an issue any longer. I didn't really think it was as much as, of an issue as you, but I understood I understood the point as last year, but he's going to thicken up, I think, way beyond what we believe. Let, let's put it this way. If Bryce Young's on the small scale, right? And Josh Allen is on the big scale of NFL quarterbacks. Nico Iamaleava will leave Tennessee closer to Josh Allen than he will Bryce Young. No, no question. Davis salivating about Nico's muscles, guys. He is just, you know. <laughs> I didn't say muscles. I just said size filling out. He's, hey there, muscly arms. What was it? You love the her for Family Guy joke? <laughs> I do that. Get your big ass back here. Um, <laughs> 
No, and I no, I don't think Nico has a problem with with size at all. And then I got a bonus for you. Sorry. What? And then I got a bonus for you. I didn't mean to say it like that. I got a bonus for you coming up um, of the players that need to have or could have big uh, years this year that would inspire optimism. And that's on offthehooksports.com. Please take me uh, just a second hit that like and subscribe button. I never, ever, 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 ever pick or depend on offensive or defensive linemen to compete in the NCAA and especially the SEC in year one. But I got one to keep an eye on based off a conversation that I had with some people yesterday as uh, I'm out and about. By the way, for those that didn't know, I lived in Chattanooga for a long time until last Friday. So if you want a lot more news, um, you're going to get a lot more news because I'm around a lot of dudes uh, on a regular occasion. What? That sounds weird. 60 seconds. Mention off the hook sports. Get $500 off. And I'll tell you about the offensive lineman that could have an impact this year. Having the best spas made right here in the United States of America in your backyard. Dynasty Pools and Spas, their showroom is open in Athens right off the interstate. You can stop by and check out the best hot tubs and spas in the market. And then delivery, yes, they can do that. It's Knoxville or Chattanooga. They've got complete support spa cover and chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best. They also have pool chemicals as well dynasty pools and spas amazing discounts for first responders military and even some blemish models that can save you a ton and no one will ever notice mention off the hook sports get 500 off mention off the hook sports get 500 off dynasty pools and spas go to dynasty pools and spas.com or stop by that showroom in athens dynasty pools and spas.com dynasty pools and spas all right bonus coverage i gave you another one on off the hook sports.com uh and all you have to do is go to off the hook sports.com but don't do it now because i'm gonna go ahead and uh tell you uh, about who it is bonus coverage that's hot all right so we go to an offensive lineman max anderson the highest rated offensive lineman tennessee has and i don't think he needs to play barring injury this year, barring a serious run of injuries, because Tennessee has some backups ready to go. But if he can play sparingly and at his size, at 6'5", 300 pounds, could this be the first offensive tackle that Tennessee has grown up through the system? I mean, because I don't know who the next guy is for sure, but it's been mostly transfers. But Max Anderson, if he shows any sort of positivity in his play i think you get really excited about tennessee's ability to build an offensive line through high school recruiting and that to me is always going to be more significant so well when you say through the system you mean through josh heupel's system right because like darn all right cooper mays they've obviously they're they were freshmen who developed through the system but they just didn't commit to heupel yes yes josh heupel's dudes sorry okay yeah uh that's very possible um because to this point I mean, we haven't, you know, there have been issues with Lyman Heupel has scouted. The thing about Max Anderson, it's funny you say that's what, you, what you've heard, because what have we always said about Texas recruits, Dave? We say they're overrated because they've already come close to hitting their ceiling as Texas kids because they're coached so well in high school, right? Do mm-hmm. you think that has something to do with it? Max Anderson coming out of Frisco, Texas, he's already close to his ceiling because he's been coached so well in high school? 
Well, I, I feel like if I say that, Caleb, that you're kind of painting me in a corner a little bit. I feel like you, you'd you say he would be an early impact guy and then kind of level off. So I don't want to say yes. that, but I see what you're driving at. I think he's more likely to get on the field because he um, because he's kind of like well this. And this guy wasn't from Texas. This guy wasn't from Texas, and I don't want to throw him under the bus because he's actually one of the greatest people to ever play at Tennessee. But, you know, Michael Munoz was an early guy, right? He was an early impact guy, but didn't show as much growth as a player at Tennessee, right? He had already kind of, he was already pretty well coached and developed and refined when he got to Tennessee. Yep, absolutely. All right, so I want to ask you, you now know my list. It is on offthehooksports.com. So let's go ahead and say, what true freshman do you expect to have an impact in 2004? So, um, you give me your four. Yeah, I gave you my four, five, six, maybe. But you give me your four. All right, so I'm with you with Peyton Lewis and and Boo Carter. Those, I think, are the top two just right out of the gate. I'm going to go, I'm going to throw in another guy real quick that's going to be interesting to you. But I'm going to throw in Jordan Ross. With Tyler Barron hitting the transfer portal, they're looking for another effective edge rusher opposite James Pierce, and I think they want to run some rotational guys. So I think Jordan Ross is actually going to be a real splash player as an edge rusher. And then my fourth guy that's going to be an impact player, it's a little bit trickier to figure out, but I'm probably going to lean on your side here somewhat and say it's 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 between Mike Matthews and Jake Merklinger. Jake Merklinger, I would say just by sheer chance of Nico getting hurt because quarterbacks can get hurt. But Mike Matthews, I think Mike Matthews has such raw talent, Dave. I think he could win a starting job. But the only reason I wouldn't put him to do that is because, as you know, Josh Heupel is very preferential to the guys he – to seniority, to a fault sometimes. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote the gentleman who played uh, in the Green Mile. I, I believe he's no longer with us, so rest his soul. But – he was in Talladega Nights. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, tell you when you mentioned Nico possibly getting hurt, I'm going to say, Don't you put that curse on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put don't that, you, that evil on me. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. So I'm not even going to include him out of respect for our great fans. So what? Hope you have sons. You, yes. <laughs> Handsome, what true, beautiful, articulate sons. What true freshman do you expect? To have an impact in 2024, we got defensive back Boo Carter, running back Peyton Lewis, edge Jordan Ross, wide receiver Mike Matthews. Go ahead and vote right there on our YouTube page. Be interested uh, what you would have to say. And we might just do another four tomorrow because I feel like we left some guys out because we only have four entries. Yes, Joseph, you're correct. Caleb shirt looks like a modern art masterpiece. It is not the Louvre. It is the, that's exactly what, it's not in the Louvre, it's in the Louvre. It's the Louvre, it's the Louvre. I don't think that's how it's pronounced. I, it's, I'm just, gonna, no, it, it's not in the Louvre, it's the Louvre. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's how it's pronounced. All right, now, uh, let's change gears for a second, because it's time for today's tough question, and Caleb got me into this one, and I'm a little afraid that he's got me in trouble because I think you guys are going to go crazy and rip and rip and rip, and who takes the heat? I do. Today's tough question is right now, and it's brought to you by our friends at 
on South State Farm. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. All right, so we go into every single year, and we have circled wins, circled losses. Nobody looks at Chattanooga and says, ooh, that's a coin flip game. Uh, Nobody looks at Georgia and says, Tennessee's definitely going to dominate that. So coaches do this too, by the way, for those that don't know. I mean, they do. Uh, You you think they look at the whole season and one game at a time and all that bull. Well, that's – Really not the way they do it. As a matter, as a matter of fact, I I asked Peyton Manning about that one time, and he said, "Like that is total bullshit." So they've gone through, and they have an idea. Florida has twenty five players in the transfer portal. Portal, unfortunately, Billy Napier for the Gators is still there. Alabama has Kalen DeBoer, who is not exciting. And they have how many people, players in the portal right now? Alabama has 30 players that hit the 30. That, that have committed, some have committed elsewhere. So they're not right now in the portal, but that, at some, that left them for the transfer portal. Okay. So today's tough question, and I want your vote on the message board right now is are Florida and Alabama circled wins. Are they guaranteed, all but guaranteed wins? Nothing's guaranteed in sports. So I'm using that term loosely. Somebody asked about the shirt. Uh, There it is. You can order that. State of Tennessee versus the NCAA t-shirt. I'll put the link in the message board, but thank you for sharing that. So I will say Florida, yes but I can't go with you for Alabama. Um, Travis says, absolutely not. Me, Drinker, says no. Um, And we've got a bunch of, no, that's not the case. And Dan likes the shirt, so go ahead and order the shirt. We'd greatly appreciate that. Limited run, it's not going to last long, so let's take the shirt down and ask you, uh, do you think they're both circled wins? Circle doesn't mean guaranteed, but when you fill out the, schedule you say well alabama's at home florida's falling apart um tennessee should beat those teams yes they should be circled wins come on wait 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 wait. okay so you agree with me on florida like so let's get florida out of the way on why we agree first florida is a dumpster fire of a football program right now right if tennessee can't beat florida at home this year with i think who's going one of the with their most hyped up quarterback of all time then they're just super cursed. Now, here's my question. Um, Alabama, 30 players in the portal, new head coach. Even if you think Kalen DeBoer works out, he's not going to have like a splash first year, right? There's, it's going to take a year for his spread offense to kind of get going, isn't it? Yes. If Tennessee, I think Tennessee's at their apex under Josh Heupel right now. I, I don't think they could do better than they're going to do in 2024. I mean, they could, like, you can always do better, but I mean, this, what do you mean John, by that? What do you Josh mean? Josh Heupel could not ask for a better team than he's going to have in 2024 at Tennessee. And I don't, I, I, I with right. a Heisman caliber quarterback, in my opinion, the most hyped up quarterback ever, his system, if Alabama while rebuilding, if Tennessee, after they did it two years ago against the best quarterback Alabama's ever had, 
If they can't beat Alabama at home this year, when are they going to beat Alabama? When? Well, they just did two years ago. I mean, I know that, but if they can't do it this year, when are they going to do it again? How, like, in what stratosphere? You guys, see, I think the thing that's. Well, no, I, I think, think that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You asked me a question. Let me answer. I think, I think they do it when the talents eroded a little bit. It's not going to erode in year one under DeBoer. A lot, a lot of the guys that are starting are going to stay because they realize that they're a few months away from being in the NFL draft. Yes, but there's yes, the talent's not going to erode, but there is the transition to a new spread offense, and DeBoer is clearly changing up the defense. We're seeing that right now. So yes, yes, it they need to beat him this year. You guys, how many years are you going to give a coach to be able to rebuild the program? Okay, Josh oh, Heupel's in year four. Josh Heupel's in year four. Okay. They're not rebuilding anymore. They're done rebuilding. Tennessee football is done rebuilding. And if they lose to an Alabama team that is in rebuild mode this year at home, after they just beat them at home two years ago, then the program will be growing stale under Josh Heupel. What that is that what that signifies is the program is on a downward trend under Josh Heupel in 2022 was a flash in the pan, not a sign of something greater. Okay, I don't think Alabama's at that point yet. They they may be there. They've lost a ton of talent, as was posted on the message board, but I'm not saying that Alabama's there yet. I would not be surprised, however, if the series of streaks, which is Alabama and Tennessee, and for those that don't know, it typically goes like 9, 10, 11, 12 in a row for one team. I think it swings Tennessee's way. Um, now, I don't think it's this year necessarily but i do think it's uh very very soon also that's not a coincidence by the way there people think that's a coincidence it's because tennessee and alabama it's hard for both of them to be great at the same time because they can okay. the same talent okay well, well let me ask you why on that and it's brought to you by don self at state farm customer service still matters state farm agent don self and his team take customer service seriously for well over 40 years they have built their business and reputation on taking care of their customers in college dale and Ottawa, as well as the greater chattanooga area call 423-396-2126 or go to donself.net donself.net 423-396-2126 donself.net i've always thought it was a coincidence or coaching coincidence of one has a better coach but you say no i think it's i think it's hard for the schools to be great at the same time and it's similar with Tennessee and Georgia. By the way, Tennessee and Georgia is not is that's not not an era of streaks. It's not as extreme as a Tennessee Alabama, but Georgia's won seven straight over Tennessee right now. Tennessee won nine straight over Georgia in the nineties. You were covering those teams, Dave. Georgia won four straight over Tennessee in the two thousands. Remember that? And I, I do. I'm sorry. Smoky Mountain Red used a new phrase that I'd never heard before, and it's making me giggle. Go ahead. I can't say it on the <laughs> air because it's a bad one. Thank you, Smoky Mountain Red, for throwing me off and making me giggle. Go ahead. Okay, so, yeah, it's it's just like Georgia. Georgia is a series of streets if you've covered Tennessee, Georgia. Now, Alabama is just more extreme, and it has to do with longer than Georgia, Tennessee and Alabama has have always been chasing the same prospects, whether it be in the state of Georgia or most notably – that North Alabama, South Tennessee border right there. During the Nealon years, that was where a lot of football talent came from during the era of segregation. Those were oftentimes the best players in the South. And what happened was, and this is a big history story, Sewanee stopped. Sewanee had a lock on those players in South Tennessee when they were great in the early 20th century, guys. Sewanee gave up football. And when they did, Tennessee and Alabama were in an arms race for that talent. And whoever was able to get that talent 
dominated the series. So Tennessee and Alabama has always been a series of streaks because it's really hard for the program to be good at the same time, the programs. I think it's just coincidence, but it's not but, coincidence. Well, don't say it. I mean, come on. It, it, it no, would be it, a heck of a win. I, okay. I'm, I'll think. I, how about this? You brought something up new. I'll think about it. How about that? Is that fair? And uh, I may have a different yes. opinion. I do with the guy Ziegler after really looking at him and getting ripped. By the way, hit that like and subscribe button. Like and subscribe. Do it now, and uh, so we can uh, bring in some more listeners, please. We greatly appreciate it. You were going to say? I was going to say, now, what I'm saying is the major factor. That does not mean that it was, if if all things else being equal, yes, the streaks that have happened in the series is still unlikely. The the level of extremities that's happened is unlikely, but that's what laid the foundation for those streaks. Again, notice that Tennessee and Georgia is now a series of streaks, Dave. It's the same thing. Tennessee won nine straight in the 90s, and then Georgia won four straight from 2000 to 2003. Okay. I'm going to say it's more about who has the better coach, but we can agree to disagree on that portion. Better of the coach program. is oftentimes reflective of who's getting the better talent. Um, Not really. I thought Mark Rick was a better coach than Philip Fulmer, and he had. Which is why Mark Rick was beating Philip Fulmer. <laughs> but right, Jim Donnan was a better was... coach. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, Georgia was getting better talent, too. Okay, well, then we both have to agree to agree on that. Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Hemp House Chat with 2Ts.com. Hemp House Chat with 2Ts.com. It is kind of funny. I thought that Josh Heupel could stand toe-to-toe with Nick Saban and split the series, but I don't think that's going to be the case so much anymore. As a matter of fact, out of the next 10 years, with Kalen DeBoer, who I don't think is going to have success, you and I differ a little bit on that. I think Tennessee should expect to win seven out of 10 of those games. Wait, where do we differ? I agree with you. Oh, you don't I like the Kalen DeBoer? Okay. Well, I, I I don't, I like the Kalen DeBoer hire. Is it, is it one of those things where like, I, I, I don't blame Alabama for hiring Kalen DeBoer. I just personally think he's not going to have success. I've, I've, for a future history video coming, guys, I'm doing a deep dive into who Kalen DeBoer was and how he developed at Sui Falls. I don't see anything unique about his spread offense. I just see it as a standard spread. I don't see anything that's kind of different about it that um, the SEC hasn't seen before. Edward, thank you for pointing out the button-down collar thing. That's actually a pet peeve, and I got this back from – I didn't have my uh, collars buttoned down, and I got it back from the cleaners. So uh, there we go. I got my uh, button-down collars buttoned. You're absolutely right. I can't stand I thought you were that. just going for the college dropout look before Kanye was a uh, anti-Semite. <laughs> no, but at least my shirt's not a map of Knoxville like Caleb's. Uh, at least I can say that. Uh, VFL TexX liked and subscribed here. Look at him. I'm going to just leave you up for the rest of the day. If you like and subscribe, you get some big time notoriety and love right here. So is that saying, are you VFL TexX? Are you saying your exes live in Texas? George Strait over here. Mm, nice. By the way, sorry that Toby Keith passed away. That was uh, kind of a surprise and a shame yesterday. Um, you know he did, did. You know he discovered Taylor Swift. Toby Keith. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. Um, I did yeah. not know that. Uh, talking to somebody with very close ties to Tennessee. I'm not going to say within the program because I will tell you when it's within the program and when it's not. But talking to somebody with very, very, very close ties to Tennessee. There's an opportunity 
we, we naturally assume, right, that Nico Ia Male Ava is going to be a two-year player at Tennessee, right? The red shirt and then two years go pro, correct? Correct. I'm not sure that's the case. Don't be surprised if you see three years or even four years out of him. Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Hang tight. Two minutes with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off the Hook Sports. Sand and saltwater, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee Vol collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co.? What's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. All right. So, VFL TexX liked and subscribed. If you liked and subscribed, you can get some love right there on the message board and on the main screen as we broadcast live each and every weekday at 10 a.m so thanks for being a part there were like uh, it's a lot of people waiting for 10 a.m for the program so we certainly appreciate that hit that like button we greatly appreciate it so it is time for uh what the h and it has to deal a little bit with a guy named carson beck but really might affect how you think about Nico. It is time for what the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. Carson Beck gets a Lambo. Um, 
I'm not sure that's the smartest thing to do in the world because if you throw a couple of interceptions in the SEC championship game, everybody knows what a Lambo looks like. Or let's say it's at home, well, it would be at home against Florida, but let's say it's against a big opponent uh, there at Georgia. Everybody knows what your Lambo looks like. Anyway, not the smartest thing in the world. This just in, Carson Beck sat behind Stetson Bennett for roughly 52 years. So he finally got his first opportunity to play, but what some of you may not know is he was a junior. And what some of you may not know is he got high marks by NFL scouts. Carson Beck did. Um, What the H brought to you by the Hemp House today. And it was not at all a a decision made while uh, on mind-altering substances that Carson Beck came back for one more year. Uh, 2024, after one, two, three, four years at uh, Georgia, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. He could have gone pro and probably would have under the old system, but instead he gets a lot of cash to come back. Why wouldn't Nico Ia Maleava do the same thing? So what Caleb has done is he is looking up um, – what NFL quarterbacks made. And then we're going to get into this because I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that we're going to see these numbers start to compete a little bit. And I think the NFL is going to be fine with it. I don't think they're going to raise rookie salaries to try to make the, uh, to make college football less unless college football really starts to compete with the NFL brought to you by the hemp house, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Hemp house chat with two T's hemp house chat with two T's use the promo code hook and hooked and you will get 10% off hemp house chat with two T's.com. Use the promo code hooked. So Carson back with a Lambo that's stupid. Or fine, or it's his money. Do what you want to do. Thoughts? Uh, I'm more just do what you want to do. But I, I'm with. I, w- I wouldn't post it. I'm with you. I, this is. I would not post my wealth. I've never believed in doing that. I think, and this is one of the problems with just young people who get rich in general. It's one of those things of you don't want people to know your wealth. You don't want to flaunt it because you just Agreed. make yourself a target. Um, yeah. Like if I won the lottery, no one would know it. Not even my parents. <laughs> yeah, totally agree on a, a lot of different levels. However, I was told um, by someone ties to Georgia yesterday that uh, Carson Beck got a pretty good chunk of change to come back to Georgia. Would you like to guess how much money he got to play one more year at the University of Georgia from what I was told? Three mil. Higher. Five mil. Four. $4 million for one year at the University of Georgia, which explain a Lambo. I mean, they can be a quarter of a million dollars to uh, $350,000, a million or more. So you have the, the, the players selected in the NFL draft that I want to discuss what they made in year number one. Now, A couple things you have to remember is the whole concept of you could be risking your NFL future is pretty much out the window for two reasons. 
one to one, you've had insurance for quite a long time. These guys are going to make millions. Uh, Nico probably has insurance. If he were to suffer a career ending injury tomorrow, he'd probably still be a millionaire. Um, so that's very common. But part two, the NIL money is not that far off. Now, I remember when Cooper Mays is lobbying for more NIL money, as he should, and he and I did not talk numbers, but I knew to myself, I thought, self, $950,000 is the rookie minimum. Is he going to get anywhere close to that? Could he get to four or 500000 Well, I was told he got a little bit closer than I thought, which is means beyond that. Again, these are not numbers that Cooper shared with me. We haven't even talked numbers. That's none of my business other than to tell you what I've heard. So how much money are these quarterbacks making that go to the uh, NFL in year number one? Now, I know signing bonuses and this gets complicated, but we got to keep in mind that unless something absolutely bizarro happens, medical technology can get you back on the field. Caleb, we see very few career ending or career altering injuries nowadays. So the base salary for each one of these, and I can just give you the top three draft picks, Bryce Young's on is going to average out at nine and a half million a year over four years. So he's he making nine number, and a half million a year. He was a number one pick. Yep. Number two pick was CJ Stroud. He is making just over 9 million a year. Okay. And I think the high, Anthony Richardson is the second, the third highest draft pick at quarterback. I believe he was the fourth pick, but maybe three. I'm already forgetting, but he's making 8.5 million a year. So 9.59, okay. 9, 8.5. Okay. So there's a big difference between four, eight, or nine. But can you go a little bit further? Who was the next quarterback selected? Well, that's where I was going to go. The next one, as far as I'm aware, was the one that I am still angry about to this day. And he goes by the name of not Justin Timberlake, but Will Levis. That was a okay. reference for those who don't what know. Do, what's, um, Will Levis went where and what does he make? Will Levis obviously went to uh, the team with the most incompetent owner in sports now, the Titans, and he has an average annual salary of $2.4 million. He was the 33rd pick, so the second pick of the second round, and he has an average salary of $2.4 million. Okay. Let's even just pretend he made $4 million, okay? Um, but he didn't. And I think Carson Beck was not going to be nearly as elite as Drake May or Caleb Williams. So he was probably going to drop in that regard. We don't know where Nico's going to go, but it is going to be a gamble to some extent for him, his family. Um, if he decides to go early to the NFL, it always is a gamble. You could go higher than you think. You could go lower than you think. So would you rather be Will Levis making this three million? How much did you say again? Two and a half, two and a half, two and a half million dollars, or come back to Kentucky, which he didn't have the option, I don't believe, but come back to Kentucky and let's say it's like the Carson Beck deal, make four million and know that you still got an NFL future out there. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, especially let's say that Nico has some sort of Peyton Manning monkey on his back with Florida or doesn't win a championship, uh, finishes a close second in the Heisman. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all that he plays a 
he plays three years, which would be a full four, or he plays four years, which would be five, including the red shirt. I do not think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. You and I together have said, you got two years out of Nico, right? Mm-hmm. I yep. don't, with the way numbers are going to change and the more money that's going to come in from this super conference, do not be surprised if guys regularly decide to stay in college because they like it. And don't forget this with the transfer portal, they've had a chance to find where they like. So where they've settled, they probably like. If you go from Georgia to Tennessee and then you get to Alabama and you're like, I really like it. You stay there for two years and you got a third year and you could make as much as what the Titans are drafting. I'd rather play college ball than I'd rather play in the NFL. Now, running back, running back is a totally different position. I'm just talking about quarterback specifically. Running back, you have less tread on your tires and you need to get to that second contract. But as far as quarterback, that's a totally different and unique position. So there's a few things to unpack here. Let's start with you brought up Will Levis. Um, I agree the option wasn't there, but hypothetically, if it was somebody like Will Levis, I think it was a smart move to go to the NFL, not because of injuries, because you bring that up, but because I think Will Levis's draft stock could only have hurt if he came back to college. So he would be making significantly less if he had come back to college. So I think... But for Carson Beck at Georgia, you're right. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy cards issued by Sutton bank and Celtic bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Here's why I think it's out of the, here's why I think it's out of the realm of possibility for Nico. And I'm going to tell you why. If Nico Iamaliava is not a guaranteed top four pick after his second season starting. He was a bust at Tennessee. No, that's that's totally unfair. What if what if he's an end of the first round type of guy? What if I don't like Will Levis because I don't want to use him because I know you don't like him. But what if he's a Brady Quinn guy, a guy who shows up to the Heisman ceremony and has a great career? I mean, that's I think you're he can't think, be Brady Quinn. He has to be like Caleb Williams. Nico, ha- Tennessee has given this man $2 million as a freshman a year out of high school. That's underpaid, Josh- but no, Caleb, that's underpaid now with what Carson Beck is getting. Wait, but Josh Heupel staked his entire future on Nico Iamaliava. And and I, I and I get it. People are going to bring up other quarterbacks that were amazing college quarterbacks, but were not, were not high draft picks. But... It's a little different with Heupel, whose system literally designs quarterbacks to be able to put up insane stats. 
insane stats. So nobody's going to maximize their draft potential better than Nico playing for Josh Heupel. He needs to be a top five draft pick. He needs to play his way into a top five draft pick. Otherwise, here's the problem, Dave. Here's what I'm bringing up. If he doesn't play his way into a top five draft pick, I think collectors would realize he ain't worth paying the money to keep around because we got this guy, George McIntyre, who's right behind him. Why would you pull the collective to keep him around when he's not a top five caliber draft pick when you've got George McIntyre waiting in the wings? Well, I mean, maybe he shows up and he's a dud. I mean, that's always a possibility. And I would take the given in a game. And as much as I like McIntyre, he's not as talented as Nico, okay? It's just not. So my, my, my question for you, though, is... If is Nico's more, that talented, he, would be a top, he should be a top five pick and this shouldn't even be a debate. No, no, no. That's not true at all because there have been there have been talented quarterbacks who didn't pan out in college that were very good, but not they weren't they were the number one quarterback in the nation. Chris Sims, I think, was, and he wasn't the number one quarterback drafted. Again, does that mean if his Nico career, has Chris whoa, Sims' whoa, career? Whoa, 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 whoa! I know he would be somewhat disappointing if he didn't go in the early part of the first round. I I understand that, but it's a very real possibility. And if Tennessee had an eight had a B plus A minus quarterback for the next four years, they're not going to turn that down for a guy named George McIntyre that might or might not be an A plus, but he might also be a C. I, I'm, I, I and I would rather have that uh, consistency through my program. I, I can't. First, to me, it really surprises me you don't like the concept of him playing an extended period of time. I. And, and and listen, this money for if you're talking four million in 2023 for Carson Beck, what are you talking for an elite quarterback in 2027 when there's a super conference doling out cash left and right? And you're right, J4, GMAC versus Nico is way, way too early. Okay, hold on, hold on. First of all, Chris Sims was a B-minus career quarterback. He wasn't even B-plus, A-minus. He was B-minus for his college career. If Nico has Chris okay, Sims' career... Okay, no, go ahead, go ahead. If Nico has Chris Sims' career, then there's no way you open up NIL. He's not worth paying NIL money to keep if he has Chris Sims' career. Nobody... Chris Sims is not a guy you open up the NIL checkbook to keep based on his college production. It wasn't that good. There's a reason that Major Applewhite was way better than him, even though Chris Sims had way more talent. Okay, and but so I, th I think you're... And, and, and yes, there's a good chance that uh, we got a car from uh, upcoming sponsor Ray Varner Ford and um, a hot tub from Dynasty Spas for Cooper to keep him around. Not because of his play on the field, just because he's so darn, so darn good on the ball report. I'm joking. Okay, but what about this? Different conversation. Can I change gears comp completely? Sure. Okay. He's like uh, Coach Heupel, Hype, as, as they like to call him. Um, and Sims was a B-plus quarterback. Um, so he says to Hype, he goes, man, the uh, Cowboys have the first pick, and I think Jerry Jones has been on crack for the last 40 years. And I don't want to play for that guy. He, already, he just ran off Dak Prescott. I don't think that's where I want to go. I'm just using an example. I don't want to go to the school. I want to stay around. Can you pony up $6 million because I'm an A-plus quarterback? If you could just do that, I would absolutely love to hang around for another year, maybe two. Are you telling me that that's not a possibility? I'll, I'll give you the other one. If he's average, you're not going to pay him to stay around. 
does he just end up loving Tennessee? I mean, there's some reason he came three time zones away. You that's that's actually a, that's a fair point. That's a fair hypothetical because we're already seeing Caleb Williams do that with the Bears, aren't we? He's basically saying, I want to come back if the Bears are going to draft me. I don't want to get drafted by the Bears. And what would you let me yeah. ask? Let me ask you, so Caleb. That, I could see that happen. Let me ask you, Caleb. So let's say he's got eight guaranteed. All right. And let's say to keep him two more years, which he would be able to go to the NFL after two. So to keep him two more years, he talks in a deal where he gets an extra, just throwing numbers out there, $4 million a year. So then you're dealing with $16 million. Would you rather make $16 million in college football where you know who your coach is going to be? Because I think Josh Heupel is staying around for a long time. And if not, you can still go pro or transfer. You have flexibility. Or would you rather go and get drafted by one goofball team? And trust me, out of 32, there are 16 you don't want to go to if, if you're a quarterback, right? Would yes. you rather do that or have total loss of control of your future? Okay, here's the here's the gamble. Thank you, Dan. You Dan, Dan, that's exactly what I was thinking. He said if his future is Cincinnati or Cleveland, that would keep him at UT. Cleveland Cincinnati are loaded right now, but well, I but the point being, you wouldn't want to go there. I understand what he's saying. I know you got Burrow and and Deshaun. So, this is such an awfully big risk. If you're a guaranteed top five draft pick, why is it a big risk? Risk. Wait, let me wait. Let me break it down. If you're a guaranteed top five draft pick, and you take six million to stay for one more year. And then you fall to the second round because of your play that last year. You just left, you just cost yourself $24 million. Wait, in my scenario, we just made up eight. And let's be honest with it, with each other, guys. I mean, at what point, at what point do you have to be financially independent for the rest of your life? Back when I was a kid, it was like if I had a million dollars and I, invested it right, I would never have to work in my life. Now it's probably a little more thanks to inflation. Let's not talk politics. But if it's $5 million, whatever the number is, he's going to be financially independent for the rest of his life. Look, it's funny. We just talked about this yesterday because we joked about how Ed Orgeron was so happy to leave off a $17 million buyout, whereas Nick Saban was basically almost making $17 million every two years as a head coach. At that was making more than that every two years as a head coach. Um, but I, I I get what you're saying, but okay, you're talking about six million for one year to potentially throw away a shot at thirty-six million. Now, again, I don't think now now what you could tell me is I think your comeback to me, and you, you can you know more about the scenario. You've covered more quarterbacks in the draft than drafts than I have. It is very rare for somebody to be a top five pick one year and then fall out of the first round if they stay another year in college, right? That almost never happens, right? Yes. Like if they're a top five pick, they're going to be top five pick the next year, no matter what happens, right? Usually, I'm trying to think of a guy that's really slipped, and I think there has Matt Barkley. I think is the biggest slip. Um, Oh, the kid from Penn State. What kid from Penn State? The kid from Penn State was going to be a number one pick, and then he played as a freshman. He was going to be a number one pick. Now he couldn't have gone pro, but oh, help me with his name. Christian Hackenberg? Yes. Hackenberg, by some NFL scouts I talked to, was a lock to be a number one pick after his freshman year, and then 
Oops. Oh, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> but like, usually, like you're right. I, so I, where I would come around to you is like it's very unlikely you fall from a top five pick. Peyton Manning was going to be the number one pick in '96, and then he was in '97. Andrew Luck was going to be the number one pick in 2010, and then he was in 2011. Or excuse me, 2011, 2012, 97, 98. You guys get the point. Like, usually okay. if you're a top, Caleb Williams was going to be the number one pick last year. He's the number one pick this year. So usually you're you're right. Not you know, I, you know I love scales of, scales of one and 10, right? Okay, so let's not talk the 36 and 14 million like we were and, and all that because that gets a little confusing. But you're going to make $10 million as an NFL quarterback or a million. That's all you're going to make. Those are the numbers. You're going to take 10 million, right? Even though you love college football and you have more control over your future, you're going to take 10 million, right? Yes. I, my okay. life is set with 10 million. Okay. 2 million. I'm still taking the 10. Okay. My life is set with 10. Three. Let's move faster. It's 10. 10. Four. 10. Five. 10. Six, ten, seven, ten, and you and you love your life. You love your life in college. You've ten. got. Come on, Caleb. I'd take seven million dollars to love my life over the course of five years in college than I would ten million to get kicked around in the NFL. I don't think you realize how tough those guys have it coming not to mention physically i mean if you ever stand on the sideline of an nfl football game you will look at your son when you get home and you will say you do not ever need to play call it you don't need to play nfl football ever first of all i don't want to be tax guy but these differences are big because uh it's really tax five or God. three and a half million and five million versus three and a half million is a huge difference dave okay all right well, I'm just, I'm just telling you. I think like, that like that's, the thing uh, is, like, you get me, you, if you pay me ten billion dollars up front right now, I'm not going to be lavish, but that's enough to make all of my financial woes go away and set myself up for life. I no. can't do that with, with a million. The absolute point being, the numbers are going to be more comparable than we ever dreamed, is what I was told. Way, way, way more comparable. Just wait and see. Now, I'm talking about the quarterback position only. Don't come to me and say, fullback. You said the fullback was going to be making $18 million. No, I never said that. But at the quarterback position specifically, they're going to be way more comparable than you thought. And uh, then we've got uh, Nick Saban. And he has decided to join uh, College Football Game Day. Also, uh, coming up, we're going to discuss uh, Tennessee beating LSU in basketball. But First, you have a situation where Kirk Herbstreet may have convinced a player to go to Nebraska. Can we? Do we have that audio? Can we pull that up, or do we want to paraphrase that? What do we want to do? Yeah, I can pull. I can actually pull it up. Um, it's Dylan Riola. We talked about him last year when he flipped from Georgia, and we asked if there's a problem going on in Georgia right now. Um, and then, yeah, he flipped. Uh, he flips to Nebraska. I'm trying to pull it up. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot now. Give me an insightful take while I'm trying to pull it up, Dave. <laughs> okay, so um, it, it, it's a weird situation for Kirk Herbstreit to be in because I think he builds a lot of these relationships with players. And I think he gives them advice based off of what their current school is doing and what a prospective school is doing. So he eventually helped convince 
um, this young man to go to Nebraska. So let's go to the audio brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. They want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry. How about the fire opals, the Tennessee tradition, rickterryjewelry.com, rickterryjewelry.com. So let's go ahead and uh, pull that up and see what we got. His name. Oh. His name's Kirk Herbstreit. When he's wait, oh, sorry, is something okay? Is everything okay? Yep, I'm good on my end. Here we go. All right, let's try this again. Okay, we'll say bring up one guy's name. His name's Kirk Herbstreit. When he saw he saw the smoke uh, about Dylan entertaining Nebraska, he was like, "Called me." He said, "Dude, is this true?" He got to do it. You know, he got to do it. He he his affinity for Nebraska uh, for a guy like that to tell me and to you know get behind me. Look, I, I knew I knew he needed to do it. But I wasn't going to sit here and say, you need to go change that place or be a part of the change at that place. Um, so when Kurt told me that, you know, I was like, man, you know, this is – I've had people reach out. Other coaches reach out reach out to me and say, look, the, the place is special. Coach Rule is a special leader. All right. And that was the whole clip, basically. Um, uh, your thoughts on that? Because right now everybody's going insane saying that Kirk Herbstreit is absolutely – um, recruiting for Nebraska. So let me get your take and then I'll tell you mine. I think Kirk Herbstreet was just being genuine and genuinely likes Nebraska as a place and was looking out for the kid. I think Kirk Herbstreet, if there was a bias, here's where the bias is. And I'll tell you where the bias is. Kirk does college game day. ESPN and every national network you can think of wants Nebraska to be good because Nebraska being good is ratings gold because they are such a draw and they have not been good in a long time. And I think many people and guys, if you guys want to know how, what this is like, you could tell when Tennessee was playing Alabama in the mid 2010s, Dave, you could tell Gary Danielson really hated how down Tennessee was. He wanted Tennessee to be good. It was good for CBS if Tennessee was good and made this a series. I thought everybody ha- hated Gary Danielson. People hate Gary Danielson because he he reports that Alabama won a national championship and they think he's an Alabama fan for it. Okay, it, it's it's ridiculous. Um, like they think he's an Alabama stand because he's covering Alabama when they're winning championships. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing. No, Gary Danielson. You could tell, though, he kind of wanted Tennessee to be good. You can tell Kirk Herbstreet wants Nebraska to be good. It is good for college football. It is good for college game day. If there's a bias, it goes that far. In general, okay. though, I think – sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. In general, though, I think Kirk Herbstreet has connections with some recruits. He has connections with some coaches, and he looks out for those recruits and coaches like a lot of people involved in college sports do. It's weird to me that he just randomly out and called the guy. And if they didn't have a relationship, that that is strange to me. But I'll say this about Kirk Herbstreit. I, I think he's been nothing but a professional. I think he's fantastic for football. Uh, I think he's the John Madden of, of college football. I think he's tremendous. So I think if he if he did call and reach out, he was giving the kid the best advice. So what's the kid's background is he transferred from Georgia, correct? Correct. And he's from Georgia. Well, I mean, he's telling the guy that probably has Georgia ties that you're not going to beat out Carson Beck. And he's probably not saying so, but he's probably heard that from Mark, uh, Mark Rick, from Kirby Smart. Uh, so that 
to me is doing a nice thing for a young man. I, I mean, I guess we're supposed to get all up in arms in it, but my dealings with Kirk Herbstreit is he's been a really stand-up great guy. I think he's great for uh, college football. And if he wants to call a young man and say, hey, I think you'd be better off going to Nebraska than trying to beat out Carson Beck, I mean, I got no problem with that, Caleb. Yeah, and also, he was right. Nebraska's a better place. Nebraska needs a quarterback. And whatever you guys think of Matt Rule, look at what he did at Baylor back in the day. That guy can coach quarterbacks. Can we agree on that? I mean, yes. that's, that is a place to develop as a quarterback. So I agree. I don't know why this, it, it's a great place to go for college. Matt rule can develop quarterbacks. He's building something special there. He doesn't have a quarterback. And if you're good at Nebraska guys, y'all don't realize like Nebraska. I think, I think, I don't know how, I think a lot of our viewers skew older because so they probably do remember it, but you definitely remember it, Dave, when Nebraska was good. I mean, they were a national draw, weren't they all the time? Everybody watched them. Didn't they? Yes. And it was in the, it's in the middle of nowhere. It is in the, it is in the middle of corn country. And this school, I mean, just draws eyeballs everywhere. They were able to go. And you remember this too. When Nebraska was such a national draw, they were able to go into California to get players out away from Southern California, weren't they? To go commit to Nebraska. Okay. Now Rob brings up a point. I'm going to tie it in. He said, I have no problem with him doing that as long as he's not hurting the balls. What if Kirk Herbstreet talked to Josh Heupel and Josh Heupel said, it's Nico. By the way, we gave him this indestructible pill, so he's never going to get hurt. And Merklinger's never, I, I know this is hypothetical, right? And Merklinger's never going to play. What if Herbstreet made that phone call to one of Tennessee's players like Merklinger and said, you're better off going somewhere else than Tennessee where you're never going to play. As long as he's being honest now, Rob, doesn't that, doesn't it cut both ways if he's being honest? I mean, I I would have no problem with him doing that either. I mean, I, I'm just going to be honest with you, Dave. Really? If I were Jake, if I were Jake Merklinger's high school coach, I wouldn't have let him commit to Tennessee. I wouldn't have either. I, I would have steered him away from Tennessee in a heartbeat. And so I think, yeah, no, I... I wouldn't have had a problem with that as much. I think Kirk Herbstreit is. And by the way, I want to address this conspiracy. Dave, there's a real big conspiracy right now that college game day is working overtime against this against the University of Georgia. And the conspiracy is that's why they brought on, they fired David Pollock, and now they have Nick Saban coming on to replace him for college game day. They You got Kirk Herbstreit running, you know, was probably the biggest guy supporting Alabama getting into the college football playoff. And now he's steering a kid away from Georgia to Nebraska. The Georgia fans believe that he's doing that because he wants to make sure Georgia is not as much of a threat to Alabama this next year in football. That, that is, is the that craziest is conspiracy reach I've ever heard in my life. Right? Right? No, they, there is an honest belief that college game day is has an, has a secret agenda for Alabama. Um, you know, this is like the people that think that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs are some psyop. You know what I mean? And it's like What's they're thinking that with, like, an all like an inside job, like this rig, deep state inside rig job. Oh, I to totally like, think that could be the case. I don't know, but could be. No, they think the deep state is rigging the NFL for the Chiefs. The oh, Chiefs are just no, the no, best no, 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 no! I don't think that. I think it could be a PR thing. By the way, I was I was going to ask you this: Is Taylor Swift, Kayla, uh, uh? 
Travis Kelsey's girlfriend or is Travis Kelsey uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend? Travis Kelsey's Taylor Swift's boyfriend. Travis Kelsey should change his name to Travis Swift if they get married. Wow. He should be Mr. Swift. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han enjoy life better when you see better. Local vision service for LASIK, cataract surgery, and regular eye examination. CCTIs.com. CCTIs.com. Look at me. No contacts. uh, No glasses. I love it. I had LASIK. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, You just can't beat it. But, yeah, I, I would be interested to see how fans would respond if it's not a cut and dry situation, if you've lost the job, like what if Kirk Herb street or, or somebody with his pool, not that he would do it, but what if somebody with his pool calls Jalen Milrow and says, I don't think Kalen DeBoer is a good fit for you. You need to transfer. That's where the slippery slope is in this one. It makes perfect sense. And he seems altruistic. If I were him, I just wouldn't put myself in that position. People would act. I never, never told anybody the good, bad, ugly, and different about Tennessee, the good, bad, ugly, and different about other stuff I knew at other schools. Obviously, I knew more about Tennessee, but I never told a prospect anything. If somebody asked, I would him and haw as best I could. Um, and they and the smart ones did. The smart ones pulled me aside and said, what do you really think about this guy? Does he look like a three-year starter to you? And I'd him and haw because it's not my job to influence their decision at all. You know that. I'm supposed to be objective and right down the middle. I did share a couple of times that for better or for worse, what I thought of a situation, but I never went about being proactive in it. So I don't see how this helps you if you're Kirk Herbstreit. No, I don't think this helps him at all. I think Kirk Herbstreit just loves college football and is just genuinely that, that involved in helping kids. And maybe I think his big thing is he's trying to help programs. I don't think he's a fan of a school, but I think he wants certain schools to be good. And I think Kirk Herbstreit wants Nebraska to be good. I don't think that. No, 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 no. You and I completely disagree with that. I don't think for a second that he's just calling to make Nebraska good. I think he thinks it's the best thing for the young man. But he called the young man out of the cold. It's not like you brought it up, didn't he? It's not like he was like watching him play and connected to him and things like that. I think he saw I think he saw a perfect marriage for both sides, put it that way. He was probably in his mind thinking Nebraska could be really good at the out of quarterback, and this quarterback is not going to play at Georgia. He'd be really good if he went to Nebraska. I should steer this because it'd be good for him, good for Nebraska, good for college football fans everywhere because we get to see how that marriage works if it works out. And doesn't really hurt Georgia because they already have Carson Beck. And I mean, I mean, Dave, did Tennessee fans lose any sleep when AJ Suggs transferred to Georgia Tech? They're like, oh man, we've lost AJ Suggs. We're done for now. No, but some <laughs> people did when Brandon Stewart transferred to Texas AM. But that was I obvious because okay, he got the job. No, that Caleb, that was not obvious at the time. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit older than you. It was it was 60-40 Peyton. In the population and in and people's minds, it was 60-40. I think that Peyton's the better guy, but that Brandon guy can run. It was not it looks night and day now. I almost knocked my light over. It looks night and day now, but it wasn't night and day back then. It was okay. Wait a minute. I swear it wasn't. It was, I swear. I know. I, I know that, but it was but by the end of the year, it was obvious Peyton was a starter. Peyton started the final like six games of the year. 
when, when by the time when Peyton started the final six games of the year, you knew that Brandon Stewart wasn't going to take the job from him at that point, even if you lean Brandon Stewart. So nobody was going to be upset with Brandon Stewart transferring. If they were going to be upset, they were going to be upset thinking Fulmer picked the wrong guy, which, by the way, well, he did not pick the wrong guy. <laughs> true. Um, I tell you what. So and also, if Brandon Stewart doesn't transfer, Tennessee doesn't win the 98 national title. I don't know true. if you know how that works out. Pan Seared Ribeye says, and he uh, donated the channel. Uh, I miss Sam Ponder. Can I get a that's hot? What oh, the? That's the wrong one. Oh, but we can get a that's hot. That's hot. Doesn't mean it's going to be smooth. Uh, we help pave our way to the natty at AM by beating Kansas State. That's true. Yes, Brandon uh, Stewart beat Kansas State at AM, and he doesn't do that if he's at Tennessee. And I would encourage you guys to pansered rib. I greatly appreciate it, but you have no idea how much YouTube takes of that. So I would prefer you get something out of it or uh, for instance, buy a shirt that you can get on off the hook sports.com. And it's the NCAA versus Tennessee shirt. Or do we still have Zach Turner's listing below his wife's fighting cancer, the former ball uh, basketball player. I, I think I took that off. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh. Well, if you go to previous, if you go to previous uh, videos and we'll get it back up there, um, she's still battling cancer and for up till things aren't great. So, uh, I would, I would prefer you, uh, you can request that's hot anytime by Paris, but I yeah, prefer you just give to him. We're, we're doing okay. We appreciate that. And, uh, we love doing it. So uh, I feel guilty taking stuff from you, but, and I certainly feel guilty giving YouTube more, man, a bunch of credit. Do we, do, do we get started on my, uh, issues with people in social media as we are now banned from Facebook for doing nothing. Do you mean, do you mean get into that now or should I wait? Uh, maybe wait. <laughs> maybe wait. <laughs> yeah, right. the, the Facebook ban, I still can't figure out where that came from, but yeah, yeah I have no idea. All right. Nick Saban joins college game day. Is that good, bad, or indifferent for the SEC and Tennessee? I think it's indifferent for the SEC and Tennessee. I think it's bad for college game day. I, I, I don't under, like, I don't think Nick Saban's that good as an analyst. He's Dave. He's so dry, right? Like he's, he, he is the most, you can't even impersonate him. He's so dry and you love to do impersonations, but you can't even impersonate Nick Saban. Um, oh, we're on to prime time. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I actually disagree. I think he'll be incredible. I think there are other guys out there too that you wondered if they'd be any good. I didn't think Tony Romo would be any good, and he's good. I I think he wants to be great at everything that he could be. And now, what I have, um, I think it's going to be like Eli Manning on the Manning cast, who shouldn't be on the Manning cast. It should just be Peyton. Um, uh, yeah, that's probably true. Um, yeah, I'm banned from Facebook. I think we played something copyrighted. I don't know. I've been doing every. Thing I can to uh, to get back in there. Uh, misinformation, shaking my um, yeah. But the fake book ban, yeah. That, I don't know what's going on there. We're we're trying to get involved because a lot of people do watch us on Facebook, so I apologize to those. But they can't hear me, so it really doesn't matter. Um, but Caleb, um, we I think Saban will be excellent, but I don't think it's great for schools like Tennessee that run up tempo that aren't as physical as he wanted to be like to be. I think naturally he will side with the Georgias of the world, not because he knows Kirby smart, but he will side with the more physical teams and it, it won't do Tennessee any favors when he talks about the balls. And I don't think it's a conspiracy thing. I think he just sees it that way. 
You say tomato, I say tomato. He prefers tomato. Josh Heupel prefers tomato. I mean, Gary Danielson, you talked about how much he's hated the changes to the game. That didn't really hurt anybody or that didn't hurt Tennessee at all or anything like that. I mean, Saban can give his commentary. That that helped everybody and hurt every defense. What, Gary Danielson's commentary? No, his his theory of uh, college football bastardized bastardized because you can block downfield. Um, that didn't stop them from that, that didn't make them change the rules to stop downfield blocking though. Like what 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 did I didn't Nick say Saban Gary Danielson had power, but I'm just saying <laughs> if Nick Saban's up there and he's doing picks instead of Lee Corso or Pat McAfee or whoever else they can get without sleeves, I don't think it helps Tennessee. I just think he's going to be on the side of the more physical teams and I don't but think But is that going to make a difference? Like is, is that really going to make, like, I'm trying to think of a way that would make a difference in terms of, like, do you think Lee, Nick Saban running propaganda is going to help affect recruiting where kids are going to, like, start to believe that this is the way football should be played? No, I um, don't think it makes a big difference, but I don't think you want a guy that's up on TV picking against your school every single week, do you? Uh, yeah, you do. Do you not remember Tennessee's heyday at 98? There was a streak of Lee Corso from like 97 to 2000 where every college game day that involved Tennessee, he picked against Tennessee. Every single one. And newsflash, that was the best era for Tennessee football. As a matter of fact, college game day did three Tennessee games during 98. They did not do the one in Knoxville. They did three Tennessee games away from home in 98. And all three of them, Corso picked the other team. One of them was the national title. One of them, Dave, was the Tennessee-Georgia game in 98. Remember that? And he picked Georgia to beat Tennessee in 98. By the way, Tennessee was an underdog in that game. That's the dumbest spread that Vegas ever set, making them an underdog to Quincy Carter and Jim Donnan. And so, but yes, Corso, uh, the, and then 2001, the swamp, the big upset, Corso was there, put on the Gator hat. And I'm just saying it was Tennessee fans loved it. If Nick Saban constantly picks against Tennessee, Tennessee fans are going to absolutely love this. I'm just telling you, and they because they already love to hate Nick Saban. Well, I, I think he'll be really good, but you tend to think he'll be bad. Is that the moral of the story? All right, uh, I, you you do your best Nick Saban impersonation. Uh, we're doing a pick. We're doing a pick. Uh, Tennessee versus Georgia. The uh, Nick, who do you think's going to win this game? I think Georgia. We're on the West Virginia Nebraska. <laughs> exactly. That's going to be Nick Saban as an analyst. Okay, uh, that's pretty good that's- though, right? You did. You did. You actually did pretty good. You know what's funny? Nick Saban and Greg Sankey kind of sound similar to me because they're very like mellow when they talk with like all political answers. But I mean political. I mean like, you know what I mean? They say nothing. Uh, and... I haven't seen that, but uh, I'll keep my eye open for it. I hadn't seen that at this. They're point. the same person. Have you ever seen them in the same room? I haven't. All the <laughs> all the conspiracy theories that Nick Saban ha- has Greg Sankey's ear. Um, maybe he just is Greg Sankey. I've, well, have you ever seen them in the same room? Uh, no, but I've never heard uh, Jeremy Pruitt and Nick Saban say I together. 60 seconds to show represented by Banks and Jones. Banks and Jones? Well, it's because they're Tennessee's trial attorney. You can play to win with Banks and Jones because they'll go to trial. You've heard of other lawyers. They say they'll go to trial and fight for you. They won't. They just want to settle. That's the easiest way out. Well, that's not Banks and Jones, led by T. Scott Jones. They won't settle. They'll go to trial for you. Tennessee's trial attorney. They play to win. Truly, Tennessee's trial attorney when it comes to criminal defense or personal injury. 
Why settle? Banks and Jones, T. Scott Jones, banksandjones.com. I'm really surprised that you don't think Nick Saban will do good on TV or do well on TV. Would you have thought, let, let me list off some names here. And would you have thought they would have done well on TV? Bill Cower? I would have not. I would yes, Bill Cower, super animated. Always was always animated in interviews. I could have seen Bill Cower doing good. Okay, I didn't think he would do good. Did you think? I'm sure you thought Michael Strahan would take over for Regis, right? Didn't he do that? Take over Regis and Kathy I Lee? Not, yeah, what? I did not see. I did not see that happening. What I, have I, they I, done with that fiasco? I don't know. I, I mean, and I'll give you Shannon Sharp. I, I mean, I'm a guy with a list with that Southern draw. I did not think he'd make it like be as good on TV as he is. Shannon Sharp. And, and he's really, if he could do something with his speech impediment slash draw, if you want to call I it I think that. it's part of his, I think it's part of his shtick now. It's hilarious. Yeah, it, it actually adds. I kind of like Charles did. Barkley. Charles Barkley has a borderline speech impediment, but it's funny now. It's part now, of his game. Now, and I've uh, heard a lot of Cam Newton and he, he has no control of the English language whatsoever. That is totally eluded him. Um, that which, won't be Saban's problem, but. Will there be another uh, Tennessee player that will have anywhere close to the TV success that Peyton Manning has had? Is there another one out there brewing? I got He's one. on our show. Ron Slay, baby. Like, uh, Ron, Ron Slay. Ron, but how about... What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. Jacob might be on TV with me here in a couple of weeks. I mean, I could see that, but... Look, I will say this, that, okay, uh, there are, look, Nick Saban going to college game day is like when Shaq went to inside the NBA. Shaq is horrible. Let me, let me ask this as our, on our message board. Do you believe that Nick Saban will set aside all of his subjectivity that he will truly be objective or do you think that Nick Saban will not like Auburn will not like Tennessee and that will come across in his broadcast because whether or not it does come across a lot of people are going to believe that no what I think is going to happen more is I think he's going to be I th here's where I think he's going to be subjective and political is I think he's going to purposely favor Alabama a lot early. And here's why I want to be honest. It's not because he's going to be biased to Alabama. Nick Saban is smart. You would agree. Nick Saban plays chess while the rest of us play checkers, right? Well, not and... me, maybe you, I got you. As a, <laughs> okay. I got you as an Uno guy. <laughs> so here's, here's what, if I can picture this, I know Nick Saban can picture this. Do you remember when Phil Fulmer was a CBS analyst right after he got fired for a couple of years? No, he was. He actually was on that CBS studio with Spencer Tillman for a minute. There were about three times he did picks and he always picked against Tennessee. Now he was right. He was right when he picked Tennessee against Tennessee, excuse me, but it came across to every Tennessee fan that he's just bitter about being fired. So he's trying to throw Tennessee under the bus. Now, Nick Saban wasn't fired by Alabama. He retired, but there's a, there's an argument that if Nick Saban picks against Alabama, every, he knows that everybody will start saying, well, he's just picking against Alabama because he wants to make it clear Alabama's nothing without him because he's just that arrogant. So I think to avoid that talk, he's going to be very friendly to Alabama for a couple of years. Okay, and... so I just I just went and checked, and only about half the people that are currently online have hit that like and subscribe button. So take a second and click like. Also, turn your notifications on. We'll have Cooper Mays 
coming up later this week. And we all look forward to that. By the way, uh, Derek says Cam has filed bankruptcy due to his outfit fetish. I also heard an interview with him where he's uh, now a thrift shop guy. What, 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 what? Remember that song, Thrift Shop? The Macklemore song. We, we were talking. I, I told you guys earlier that's one of the best albums. It's a very underrated hip hop album. Now Kendrick yeah. Lamar's album that year was better, but Macklemore's was very good. Um, hands down, insane. Two minutes off the hook, sports. Hold my hands down, insane for saying Kendrick Lamar's album was better. The, no, just for saying that Macklemore and Kendrick Lamar are good. Two minutes. Kendrick Lamar's one of the best rappers of all time. He has a Pulitzer for his raps. Yeah, he can't even carry Jay Z's crack. In yes. two minutes, crack, you know what I'm saying? He's crack. Uh, two minutes. Uh, we're going to talk about Tennessee basketball and just how good they are after this. Got cataracts. We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Daniel says Cam and Caleb have a coffee together, then hit up the Goodwill together to shop. That's given what I said about Cam and Caleb's shirt. Was that a Goodwill shirt, Caleb? This was not a Goodwill shirt, okay? This was a this is a beautiful shirt. This is an amazing. Is that given shirt. to you, or did you select that? It was my wife gave it to me for my birthday years ago. Oh, all right, it looks beautiful, and because I love your wife, she's very sweet. All right, so no, she no, she yeah, it was a whole like ring of like she was going, she wanted me, she 
it was kind of an ironic thing. She bought me like a bunch of 70 like Paisley style shirts, 70s like Paisley style shirts. And I'm like, it's kind of an ironic thing, but I'm like, man, these shirts look good. Y'all should see, I wear newsboy hats with them a lot of times. I just look like, I just look like a baller out of the roaring twenties, man. Don't know what newsboy means, but there we go. All right. So he's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Uh, his shirt has yet to be named, but uh, we're thinking along the lines of, Maybe like Jack Nicholson or something. Looks like a. I got to give a shout out to Travis before we move on to another great message board post. This is the funniest one of the day. <laughs> yeah. By the way, he he goes he goes on a national show yesterday. We're talking about Cam Newton. So what did it say for those on our audio platform that can't hear? Travis See, said Cam should steal a computer and take English classes. Yeah. English um, classes. So he did steal a computer at UF, and he kept defending what he said about Brock. Purdy, Purdy is his name, P-U-R-D-Y. And he said that he was the 10th best player on the San Francisco 49ers team, which may be correct. But then he kept calling Brock Parody. Over <laughs> and over, he could not pronounce it, Brock Parody, which seems like a backhanded insult, doesn't it? It, it, it does. It does. Oh, my gosh. I mean, to be well, fair, Charles Berkeley is still saying athletic. Like there's at no least, between the TH and the L. Caleb, at least 16 times he said Brock parody. And I know what some of you guys are thinking, and I understand that because I once struggled with I did. So I'm willing to admit that Tennessee basketball looks darn good last night, and it's getting to be where that's not a surprise. Suddenly we are more than a week into February. That means we're closing in on March. We do have a leap year, but we're getting there. And it feels like Tennessee is hitting its stride. But Caleb and I wondered aloud before the show, is this the stride they need to be hitting? So let's start with the good out of the win on Wednesday night. What did you think was good about that, Caleb? Well, I mean... I thought everything was good out of the win on Wednesday night in terms of how they played. Uh, I'm going to have some criticism for a minute in a minute, but um, they went 11 to 24 from three 45.8%. I mean, they were just, they were like seven of 11 at one point. They were just unstoppable from outside. And, you know, Dalton connect was connect with 27 points. Zakai Ziegler was three of six from three. Jordan Ganey was three of six off the bench from three. They had 17 and 18 points respectively. Ziegler just, Nine assists, five steals. I mean, Zakai Ziegler was the best transition player in the SEC, guys. There was nobody better in transition than Zakai Ziegler. Okay, tell me and... when to stop. Tell me when to stop. Best transition point guard in the SEC, yay, nay. Yes. Best defensive point guard in the SEC, yay, nay. Yes, and that's and he's 5'9", and I'm going to say yes. Best overall point guard in the SEC, yay, nay. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. He is the best point guard in the SEC. There's nobody I would rather have over Zakai Ziegler. And the biggest thing to me about Zakai Ziegler is, man, that guy's got some fight in him. Like, you got to love the the way he plays, right? It, it's I do just, now, yes. Yeah. I mean, the guy is, I mean, he is leading the SEC in assists per game, and he's fifth in the SEC in steals per game right now. Um. So I, I don't know. I mean, who would we, who in the SEC would go over Zakai Ziegler right now? There's not actually, and part of this is by default, the point guard play in the SEC is a little bit less this year than it has been in the past. But yeah, no, Zakai is an amazing, amazing point guard. And by the way, Josiah Jordan James is hitting his stride. 
he only had eight points last night, but he hit all three of his shots. And the thing was, he was very good. He, he's, he does what he needs to do as a player. Can I get to the negative, or do you want to add some takes on your end? Um, I just thought I was very impressed that I think after Kentucky, you can show up flat with a big loss or a big win. So that, to me, was the biggest question. I think it helps that it was a Wednesday night instead of a Tuesday. But sometimes you can show up flat after Kentucky. So I've kind of always got my radar up for that, but they didn't. So that, in addition to everything you said, I would add that as well. All right, here's the negative. Uh, Jimmy and I talked about this yesterday. What is Rick Barnes doing? Tennessee jumped out to a 13 to nothing lead on LSU. They had a double-digit lead that they didn't relinquish from the eight-minute mark on, and they were up by 20 the entire second half. And yet, Dave, you want to know how many guys he played yesterday, more double-digit minutes? I'm going to go seven. It was eight, but Jemai Meshack and Toby Awaka played 13 and 11, respectively. You want to know how many minutes Zakai Ziegler and Dalton Connect played yesterday? Uh, together? Uh, you can go each one. I was, uh, I'll was. i combine them because I'm good with math, and I'll say 74. You were close, 71. Zakai Ziegler played 36 minutes out of 40. Dalton Connect played 35. Why are you playing your stars that many minutes? when you? It's a blowout game against a bad team at home. You're not going to lose this game. You're not going to blow this lead. These yeah. guys need to be fresh in March. And, Dan, thanks for chiming in because people have just – I I don't mind Caleb getting ripped and sometimes and sometimes I even enjoy it on the message board but I don't like it when he gets ripped for stuff that he's right about and that he is uh he didn't really say. So Caleb's never said they don't have depth. Caleb said they're not utilizing their depth and Dan uh votes in there that starters are getting a whole lot of minutes. They are. Now, I think we have to ask ourselves this question is that just the direction that maybe Rick Barnes wants to go, Caleb? Or why is he doing that now? Because Rick Barnes, this is where the you want your kid to play basketball for Rick Barnes because he's a great teacher and developer comes into conflict with trying to win a championship. And you know that those things can kind of be conflicting sometimes, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I said that about David Cutcliffe for years. David Cutcliffe was the kid, the guy that you wanted your kid to go play for, but he may not necessarily scheme a national title team. He's going to focus more on developing your players, isn't he? Than anything yes. else. Yes. That's Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes has a philosophy that playing time is a privilege. So you don't, so you get playing time based on you doing what I expect you to do in practice. Now, when you're coaching youth basketball, that's great. But when you're coaching college basketball and you're trying to win a national championship and you need you and you need rest, yeah, you earn playing time, but don't Dalton Connect and Zakai Ziegler earn some rest? I mean, this is just insane. You were gonna have them torched by uh by March. And by the way, I want to bring this up because I wrote an article the other day. I encourage you guys to go look at it. I compare Tennessee to the best to the three most successful teams in t- in history. And, and, and we're gonna do that on the show tomorrow, right? For sure. Please. Yes. Yes. yes, We could do it. Yeah. We could do it on the show, but only one team has gotten out of the sweet 16 in Tennessee basketball history. And here's the truth. That was a 29, 2009, 2010 team. Dave, did you know that team went 11 deep after they dismissed Tyler Smith for the gun charge? Yeah. I remember they were super deep. I remember thinking how bizarre it was that 
you could lose a guy like Tyler Smith and it wouldn't have a monstrous impact because you had so many people. It had a huge impact. They had four starters suspended and then beat Kansas at home when Kansas was number one. I mean, they, that team was so deep. And I and I remember people would question it. Bruce Pearl would play his son, Stephen Pearl, for like 11 minutes a game. Do you remember that? Yes. And people were thinking, why is he playing 11 minutes? Well, here's why. Bruce Pearl wanted everybody fresh in March. That was his focus. Rick Barnes, on the other hand, the best team he had two years ago was number one for four weeks. They had 30 wins. They flamed out in the Sweet 16. Why? Rick Barnes only went, he only played six guys on a rotational basis that year. Consistently. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then. Are we are we at a point where we may have found Rick Barnes's Achilles heel when it comes to the NCAA tournament? Because I, I, I'll i be honest with you. I thought that it was more along the lines of he's a defensive coach and they go through scoring droughts. But is part of it um, the fact that Tennessee is maybe overusing their people under Rick Barnes heading into the tournament? That's partial. That's that. That's definitely part of it. Um, there are a lot of reasons Rick Barnes hasn't had tournament success. I do think an overfocus on defense is part of it. But then, yeah, the lack of belief. He's had teams that have gone deeper. They're just not going deep this year because, again, he has that principled philosophy of earning playing time, and he wants to teach players the value of of doing things right in practice. And again, I get it. Rick Barnes, there is no if if. If your son was a college basketball player, Dave, Dave, or college basketball recruit, is there any coach you'd rather him play for than Rick Barnes in terms of developing him? As a teacher uh, and a developer? I mean, I, I want a guy that's got a little bit of an edge and wants to win. So maybe you're asking the wrong guy, but I do see your point. Yeah, I, okay, fair enough. But I want my, I would want my son playing for Rick Barnes because he's going to teach them. He develops them. He cares about his players and he wants them to learn life lessons. Except for Tristan Thompson, who never learned a life lesson under Rick Barnes as a serial cheater. But that's a different story. I follow too much reality TV. Um, but Rick Barnes, as a developer of people and talent, there's nobody better. But his principles and philosophies on doing that are costing him a shot at a title. And you know, it's funny. It's twofold. As I'm saying this out loud, speaking to you, defensive-focused teams, defense takes more effort and energy than offense. Can we agree on that? Yes. If you're if you focus on defense plus you run a short rotation, I mean at, at at that point you're going to be tired in March. There's just no way around it. Okay, so we're gonna have some good news for you, and I saw it come alive on the message board and was able to just confirm it. Um, and, but first, I want to ask you: Do you, do you feel like this is a new thing with Rick Barnes? not playing into his bench this season that should be a concern, or is this something that you believe has been a reoccurring issue? I think it's been a reoccurring issue because he did it in 2019. He's doing it now. And I think it's, um, he is, he is very principled, extremely principled to a fault. And he's not, he is not going to sacrifice his players learning lessons to do what's necessary to win in March. I'm not crazy about that. I'll be honest with you. You asked me if I would want my son to play for him. No, I would rather my son sit the bench, learn how to play than to play because the coach thinks it's a good thing and doesn't understand the entire concept of, of not 
of not having a fatigued team to march. That would frustrate the ever-living heck out of me. All right. Tennessee Cider Company, the regional hard cider of the Smoky Mountains. Use the promo code HAT. That's HAT to receive some free swag on your cider order. Available most anywhere in the U.S. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. So Auburn has hired a defensive line coach. I didn't think that Rodney Garner was leaving at any point. I did think there was reason to be concerned, but uh, it appears as if the move to get Rodney Garner has uh, has not been successful by Hugh Freeze and Auburn. They have hired a former Liberty coach that uh, coached with uh, Hugh Freeze at, of course, Liberty. So it looks like Rodney Garner is not going elsewhere. If you're Rodney Garner, why do you turn down Auburn? Which let's get outside the personal reasons because I've had everybody tell me, guys, I hate to tell you, but coaches are mercenaries. They're going to go where they think it'll best help their career. Okay. So don't tell me his daughters go to Tennessee or his wife lives in Auburn and she hates Knoxville, blah, 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 blah. They don't don't care. These coaches, I mean, 99 times out of 100, they make decisions based off them and their career. So let's talk football and let's talk what's going on. Why wouldn't Rodney Garner more seriously entertain going to the University of Auburn or Auburn University? I would say this. One, he's getting paid really well. I mean, I didn't realize he was getting $950,000 a year. So Tennessee started off by covering their rear, and you have to give Danny White and Josh Heupel a lot of credit for that. So kudos for them for nipping this in the bud when they almost doubled his salary over the previous two years. That's a good way to start, not to create resentment among your employees. I'll start there. Your thoughts on that and another reason why Rodney Garner stays at Tennessee and doesn't go to Auburn, which was where he began his career. Well, um, a couple other reasons. I know he graduated from there, but this is probably isn't true, but have you guys been to Auburn? Who wants to like if you I mean in terms of just where to live, okay? I mean, Knoxville's not I, I'm I'm objective. Knoxville's not the best place to live in the SEC, but it is light years better than Auburn. I mean, who that is the worst that and Starkville are the two worst places to live in the SEC, honestly. I'd I'd be suicidal if I lived in either of those places. Um, I can't wait for fans of both to come to me. We have this amazing thing in Auburn and Starkville, and you're missing out. Sorry. We got, the, we got yeah, but, we got the voice. Uh, I, uh, I don't, I don't love Auburn, but I don't think that's what he would base his decision on nearly as much as how about the fact that you don't know that you can trust you freeze. Uh, fallout zone says also who wants to work with freeze. Well, unless you want to pay out when he is fired. I mean, I, I, I hope everything's good with you freeze. And he's, he's not got his, Oh, He's not got his issues that he had with women before, but I would like to know that for 10 years instead of four or five at Liberty and Auburn before I made a commitment to him, right? 
Yeah, and he's a known snake. Beyond, yeah, he's beyond his issues with women. He's a known snake. And Rodney Garner is thinking, again, is Rodney Garner probably fine for life? Yes, but Dave, he's he's 58. He's pushing retirement. Okay, I'm sure when he's, I'm sure once he's 65, he wants to hang it up and spend time with his family. That's I've, seven I've, years in coaching, which is forever, by the way. But yes, but he, that's the point, though. He's got seven more years left. Now, again, because he's a career assistant and he's not like Josh Heupel or head coach who got like multi-million dollar salaries, he's probably fine. But that seven years of work is going to make a big financial difference in your retirement, isn't it? If you're Rodney Garner. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I hope he's doing okay. Um, I mean, I'm sure he is, but even if he is that if you're on a million dollar salary, seven year, seven years of a salary, that's a big difference. And you're setting yourself up. Let me ask you this. If Josh Heupel up and took the Auburn job and took Tim Banks with him, um, do you think Rodney Garner would have made the move? And that's brought to you by Sports Treasures, carrying over 5 million sports treasures and so much more. Follow on Facebook for the best sports memorabilia, daily updates. Go to Facebook.com and go to Sports Treasures TN. Follow them, Sports Treasures TN. So you think if this was all things equal as far as coaching staff, that he would have gone back to Auburn. I do, because I think for Gardner, it's about, again, I, and I don't mind, this is what everybody does in their job. He is thinking, what can have me working the next seven years on an assistant salary before I retire? Now, if he goes to Auburn, there's a very good chance Hugh Freeze gets fired, right? And there's a very good chance Hugh Freeze gets in trouble with the SEC. If the head coach gets in trouble, typically the assistants get in trouble too. I mean, how uh, assistants' fates are tied to the head coach. Why would Rodney Garner risk that? When he's in a pretty state, at the very least, you know, Tennessee's probably like, say Heibel doesn't work out, which you and I are pretty sure he's going to work out at Tennessee now, but say like he kind of flames out. Heibel's at least bought enough goodwill to last for another four years, right? Yes. Yes. So if I mean, he could, he could go eight and four for three years and the fourth year he would be semi on the hot seat. Yeah. So Rodney Garner is at least got four years of stability, which gets him to 62. And you don't know what you have if you go take if you go to Auburn. And again, Hugh Freeze is a I mean, this guy literally defamed Houston Nutt and got Ole Miss sued because he was trying to trick his players to being stuck in a program that was about to go on probation when he was at Ole Miss. The guy is just an awful human being. Here, and, here's the other thing to remember about Rodney Garner is I think he's got an opportunity and I think he he sees that as well as an ability to coach some really, really elite players because he, I mean, he is, he has certainly coached some very good players before. And yeah, I, I could, I could mention a ton of guys, but when you talk about an elite player, I mean, he, he's coached five NFL uh, draft first round picks, Richard Seymour to the Patriots, Marcus Stroud of the Jaguars, but they were both going to be good if Caleb coached them. Um, David Pollock, what David Pollock, who was a hustler guy, uh, Charles Grant of the Saints, uh, and Jonathan Sullivan of the Saints. But could he be on the verge of coaching the best player that he's ever coached, producing the best player that he's ever produced in James Pierce? Could he also be on the verge of being a part of a really fun, elite defensive front in which you get to do twists and stunts. I think he's having a great time. I think Tim Banks tells him, I'm putting it all in this secondary, Rodney. Have a good time. And I think he's 
he's able to do that. So all that being said, just as far as your ability to have fun at your job, it certainly seems like being at Tennessee right now is a lot more fun than trying to rebuild Auburn with Hugh Freeze who could mess everything up in a heartbeat. That's certainly possible. So you're saying it's like it was when the assistant coaches were under Lane Kiffin, which apparently they had a blast too and were all energy, weren't they? <laughs> when they were coaching. Oh, yeah, they had a blast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. Did, so did liquor sales in, in the Knoxville <laughs> in the Knoxville area. Uh, they, they, they certainly did. And um, uh, probably should have tried out Tennessee Cider Company. The original hard <laughs> cider, the Smoky Mountains, use the promo code HAT, that's HAT, to receive some free swag with your cider order available most anywhere in the United States of America. So, uh, Caleb, all right. So let's Tennessee rank these reasons. Mm-hmm. Let's rank these reasons he's staying. Uh, stability, which is what we're talking about, liking Tennessee and doesn't like Auburn. The coaching staffs, basically. One, but if Hugh Freeze didn't have the background that he has, I would say the fact that Tennessee's coming off an eight and four season. And you're just Wait, second I'm, season. Go ahead. I, I was okay. I was going to list the three things, and then okay, you, you rank them in order. Okay. That one, so stability between coaching and all of that, the pay, or that Auburn just sucks as a town. <laughs> which, which, <laughs> I don't hate Auburn as much as you do. I like the country, so we'll have to differ on that one. Uh, let's go ahead and pull up the shirt if we can, because people. Wait, what? Pull. You got to rank them though. Uh, I would say money second, stability first, and being part of a fun program is what I and would say. And then you think Auburn is third? First of all, you're you're yeah. lying. You said you almost cried because you got lost in Auburn one time. I didn't almost cry. I, I pulled over to the side of the road and cried for a little while because I got so lost in Auburn. I didn't almost cry. I will tell you that I bought And that's where Dave baby. wants to live, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, I got GPS now, and I don't want to live there. All right, so pull up the shirt, and it's brought to you by our friends at Apex Apparel Group. You can take a look at what they do now, and you can buy a Tennessee versus the NCAA shirt, and that is brought to you by our friends at Apex Apparel Group. They've got it all there at Apex Apparel Group. They do so much design, brand, and market your way. Call Tyler, 865 865-919-3001. 3001 or go to order apex or i'm sorry your apex apparel group.com your apex apparel group.com or i put the link on the message board so you can order a shirt today anybody that orders a shirt today then i will uh, add on um a a hooker t-shirt if you order it today so it has to be today and they're a limited time run so they're not going to be a lot around for long can we go ahead and share it with everybody or we're just going to look at it ourselves caleb there we go all right share that thing uh kids and hookers i don't know what that means me being (laughs) off facebook is total bs i agree getting somebody on the line is pretty much impossible but there's the state of tennessee versus the ncaa t-shirt order it now 24 because the balls win a national championship 2498 because that's when they did for caleb calhoun i'm dave hooker this has been a presentation of off dog sports without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.